Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, a healing journey to self-love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots, and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life, and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Wisdom, Wisdom Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh, <laughs> we really cut that one short. It went like, we cut it short. Tessa and I are just having this very neutral conversation. about conspiracies. (laughs) And um, we're just, you know, no big deal having this conversation about how sometimes people go into this well of misinformation. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of the times people go into this well of misinformation because they're seeking for something or they get addicted to that part of us that's being fed that serotonin of discovery, right? You're getting that hit of you're learning about something unknown that feels like it could be real. Yeah. And it's also like, I feel like when we want the answer and then that usually with a group like that, with the conspiracy theorists, they're like, well, I have the answer. And if you're seeking the answer and someone so forcefully shows up in your life and is like, this is the way, this is the only way, this is the right way. You're vulnerable to that already. It's like, oh, now it's good. Yeah, okay. no, I totally, I totally agree with you. I mean, I definitely am a firm believer that there are things out there that we don't know that, yeah, it's, it's hard because the truth can be hidden in those crevices sometimes. But I think the problem is discerning what the truth is. And I feel like that's why we're in this, this position of having to decide what is what I'm a big, look, I respect people's belief system, like whatever people believe it's what they believe. And I'm always curious to why I always want to know, you know, somebody tries to tell me something or convince me about why this is bad or why they believe this. I always ask, what, why do you believe that? Like, and how does this, ser- how does this serve you? I'm curious, you know, coming from a genuine place of curiosity, not because I am trying to devalue their system at all. I just am naturally curious about what they believe. And I've just always learned and learned that being open is going to create more space for a bigger circle as opposed to just being single-minded and saying, no, this is how it's going to be. But it's, it's, it takes work, you know, especially it could be frustrating when people go into this negative space, which I think it's, is a great segue to talk about our topic today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a very good negative comments or negative feedback, negative comments or negative feedback. Okay. Let me tell you a story. Okay. I've talked about this. I actually talked about this a few weeks ago. I have actually talked about this with my interview with Jen Sincero back in December when her paperback came out. 
I was telling her the story about how I just, I recorded some yoga classes for this online platform. And this online platform, I love working with them. Like they're incredible. And I had no idea. I was in the middle of crafting some new classes. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to teach the same class. So I wanted to go onto the platform and search to see what the last time, what I taught the time before to make sure that I'm not repeating my sequences. Most of the time, those of you that have taken classes with me, especially yoga asana classes, I like to stick to a formula. You know what that formula is. We're going to start with a nice opening. We're going to have a warm up. We're going to do some hip opening. We're going to do some sun salutations. We're going to have a peak pose and then we're going to have a cool down. Like it's very (laughs) straightforward. There's no fancy sequencing. I'm very like traditional. Let's open the body. Let's work with the subtle energy of the body and let's get to a good place so that we're expansive and we can meditate from a good space. That being said, I don't know why I just had to say that. (laughs) Just so you guys know, this is how I teach. But I went on the platform and I just was looking to see what I taught the time before. So I go on on and I click the class and then I see below details. And right below the details, I see something that says, I loved this class. And then I was kind of drawn in. I was like, what is this? And then I look below and it's, it said, see more. And I hit the see more. And then all of a sudden there's like a hundred comments on there. I had no idea that you can give live feedback in these classes. So I was a little bit aghast. (laughs) I started to go through and there was all these really beautiful people in there just talking about how much they loved the class and how it was a great sequence and they really needed it and they felt really relaxed and they enjoyed the tone of the class. They enjoyed the music and it's just on and on. And I was just feeling so good until I got to about comment 25. This class was not for me. I had to stop after five minutes. And then a comment after that, same, not for me. And I was like, oh, okay, no big deal. Fine, somebody doesn't like my cup of matcha. No big deal. (laughs) So I just continued, you know, to read. And then I, I just, everybody else, there was only those two comments I went through. Man, if I didn't decide in that moment, hmm, I've got about five to 10 other classes on here that I've done for the same platform. Let's go see if they have any comments on them. So I'm going to search and I pull down one, same thing. Nice, you know, not as many. Maybe there's about 15 comments on this one. All positive. I go into the next one, maybe about 30. And I'm just scanning. Great things are being said, but I am looking for the negative comments. And damn it, if I don't find a handful more. And as I'm looking through people saying, "Mm, this was a little bit boring. And I can't stand the the tone of her voice. 
this sequence was off. I don't think she did both sides. <laughs> you know, things like this. And again, if I had to count in the entirety of all the videos that I have on this platform, maybe there was a total of eight comments out of all of the classes, which isn't that much respectively. It's about mm, maybe 2% because I did the math. But still, I couldn't focus on the positive comments that were being said. All I could think about were the people that didn't have something nice to say. And I found myself wanting to get their approval, like in a way, try to justify my sequence or try to ask them, what was it about this that you didn't like? Not because I wanted to know. It's like, look, somebody doesn't like you. That's their problem. It's not yours. Somebody comes to you and says something to you with hard energy. That's still their problem. That's not yours. Don't let people live rent-free in your life. Not okay. And and I say that because I let these comments live in my being for a good week. And I kept thinking about it and thinking about it and be like, well, I wonder what it was. Like, maybe it's the way I said it. Maybe I, maybe I came off too strong at the beginning, you know, trying to figure out how I could fix this as opposed to just thinking or taking in the beautiful comments that were there, right? The people that were saying, I really enjoyed this class. I really needed this. My husband did this with me and he's not ever practiced. He's never practiced yoga and this was his first class and he really liked it, you know, which is really great. But I go back to that thing that Stephen Cutler said to me where he said, weigh your praise as much as you weigh your criticism. And I had to go back to that place and say, okay, if I'm not going to weigh the praise, because clearly I wasn't, because that's not what I was looking for. I was looking for the negative comments. If I'm not going to weigh the praise, then I shouldn't weigh the criticism. So that was my experience with the negative comments. Now, that was sort of just a small incident that happened. I have had experiences, and and you know this, on social media where I've had to block people or I've had to respond to people on Instagram that were saying inappropriate things or attacking me in some way, which is wild because I'm like a koala bear that can absolutely turn fierce when she needs to. But for the most part, I just don't, I don't understand, you know, where that comes. I do know where it comes from on a psychological level, but I don't, I still, as a feeling human, it's, it's hard to really grapple with the feeling that somebody has the audacity to say something sharp that is designed to hurt you, to you under the guise or umbrella or uh, veil of this disembodied platform like social media. Mm, that's oh, it's such an interesting topic. I, uh, I think for a couple of reasons and one to go back to the human experience of what's that knee-jerk reaction that um, has us down the rabbit hole of looking for the out of the hundreds of positive comments that we get, you know, what has us 
down the rabbit hole of searching out the negative one. And I think it's a very instinctual self-preservation tool that we have evolved with over the years to keep us safe. So first of all, I would say that you're trying to keep yourself safe, right? Like when we dig through that rabbit hole, acknowledging there's a part of me here that feels unsafe. So what's the worst case scenario? What is this person saying and how do I fix it? And I think for us, whether you're conscious of it or not, this is what I experience anyways, the fear of rejection of being pushed out of the tribe or being told that I don't belong or that I, I'm not valuable enough to have a place at the table is this very visceral fear of rejection. And what happens as a tribe, when we are rejected, we we probably won't survive it, right? So from a very basic evolutionary standpoint, right? So now we've evolved to the point where that's we will survive these negative comments. And logically, we know that that's, that person is just hurting themselves. That person is obviously hurting themselves. So they are reaching out to hurt you. And of course, it doesn't make it feel good. Like what? That doesn't feel good. So how do we weigh the positive comments and the negative comments equally? Well, sometimes we have to go down the rabbit hole (laughs) and sometimes we have to realize, oh, I've gone down the rabbit hole. And so what I've done for myself, this is a practice I love. It's, I don't know, maybe it's not as hard digital in my mind. I'm like, this could be harder digitally, but when I get positive feedback, this is something I heard Tim Ferriss suggest. If it's like a physical piece of paper or a card somebody wrote you, putting it in a special drawer or box or folder so that you can look at it when you're feeling down and you need that little extra boost, that reminder that, yeah, you're valued. Yeah, we see you. Yeah, we want you at the table. And so digitally, I guess, like if this was an email, you could create an email folder to save those really positive things when you're feeling like you need them. Yeah. And then also acknowledging that like you're a human being and you're having a human experience and really sweetly, you're trying to keep yourself safe. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I think that that's such a great tangible way to deal with it. You know, I, I think that for me, there's three ways to handle negative feedback. The first one, I'll, I'll go back to what I said. I don't know if it was this this time, like we do so many of these wisdom Wednesdays. I always like to ask for clarifying questions. Like if it's somebody that matters to you and the feedback or the criticism is not a personal attack. If it's not a personal, if it's clearly a personal attack, don't fucking touch it. Like don't touch it with a 10 foot pole. Just leave it where it is. Let it die on its own. Give it no mind. Don't pay attention to it. Don't give it energy. Move on. That's my tactic. And it works every time because you don't give it it's sort of, you know, for those of you that are into Robert Greene, the 48 laws of power, it's one of the methods that he talks about in there to just sort of not give it the energy, just let Mm -hmm. it live on its own. Eventually it'll die. It's like giving the fuel fire or giving the fire fuel, right? If you give the fire fuel, it will continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger and the fuel being your energy. As much as I love my nieces, Nova and Binks, my sister's cats, I 
am not a huge fan of the stink bombs that they leave in their litter box. So every time I come over to my sister's place, they always like to leave me a nice little gift whenever I'm there. And I found this really cool company in my search to help my sister find the best litter box. Pretty Litter is kitty litter reinvented. Unlike traditional litter, Pretty Litter's super light crystals trap odor and release moisture, resulting in dry, low-maintenance litter that does not smell. So listen up, all my cat people. Pretty Litter is virtually dust-free because it's manufactured with a specialized de-dusting process. Less dust, no fuss. Pretty Litter arrives at my sister's door in a small, lightweight bag that lasts up to a month. Now she gets litter bags auto-shipped and she doesn't have to deal with last-minute trips to the store and shipping is totally free. This is actually my favorite part and what my sister loved as well. Pretty Litter is a pet parent's hero and it's also a health indicator. Pretty Litter monitors your cat's health by changing color when it detects potential underlying issues. So you won't find that kind of innovation in any conventional litter. So get the world's smartest litter without leaving your home by visiting prettylitter.com and use the promo code LOVE for 20% off of your first order. That's prettylitter.com. Use the promo code LOVED for 20% off. Prettylitter.com. Use promo code LOVED. Ever since I was a little girl, I loved playing mystery games. And some of you have seen me talk about this on Instagram as one of my favorite ways to entertain myself as opposed to scrolling or reading something that's not going to make me feel awesome. And most of the time this happens when I need a little pick-me-up or I'm wanting to get my mind off of something that, again, isn't making my body feel good. I know it's time to awaken my inner detective. This game makes you heavily rely on your memory. So for me, it's definitely a practice in mindfulness. June's Journey has over 30 million downloads. So if you wanna play a game that makes you think, download June's Journey free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. The new year is here, and it's a great time to focus on what's important to you. Whether it's saving money by ordering less takeout, learning to cook, or prioritizing your wellness, HelloFresh is here to help you with endless options to make cooking at home simple and enjoyable. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients to your door, including farm-fresh produce that arrives within a week, so you get the convenience without skimping on the quality. Now, you all know that I love to cook, and I'm in the middle of a book launch, so HelloFresh has been a huge time saver. The fact that I could just go into my kitchen, open up my box, and start making our veggie meals is so incredibly convenient, and I can't be any more grateful. If you want to try HelloFresh, go to hellofresh.com forward slash love16 and use the code love16 for up to 16 meals and three free gifts. That's www.hellofresh.com forward slash loved16 and use the promo code loved16 to get up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. So the first thing I would do is ask clarifying questions. The second, I would say... I guess I would say to process your emotions, like really allow yourself to process the feelings that this brings up. For me, it felt very like it attacked my confidence mm -hmm. and it made me feel insecure about my teaching and my voice. And I noticed that 
I held it and I did the Byron Katie process. Is it true? Who am I without this belief? Now turn it around. You know, I, I kind of do this step. And then once I get through this place of processing, then I feel good. And then it's like, okay, I can move on. I don't even think about it now. I just think it's, it's just sort of this, this experience that now has a place to go and it's not a trigger for me right? I can take in the, I can take constructive feedback all day long. I have no problem with it. So long as it doesn't feel like a personal attack. And then I would say, I would say the third thing is, is along those lines, just determine whether it's constructive or destructive, right? If it's constructive, then it's a little bit more inspiring. You're compelled to improve. Mm -hmm. You're compelled to evolve. You're compelled to do things differently, not in a way to, for the approval of that person, but just as a way to better yourself and, and like be a, be a better person. And I'm always striving to be a better person, a better girlfriend, a better teacher, a better student. So I like to take those comments in that way, but the destructive ones feel very icky. Like they just feel like I want to retract and I do not want to engage. There's a brick wall and I'm not allowing anything in because I feel like I'm being attacked. So constructive is expansive and destructive is constricting. So I, I think that giving you a feel of what the differences are. And I love what Tessa said about the practices or, or putting things in these sort of folders or these places where I like also the idea of creating. So this is from my therapist. It's not mine. Giving her full credit. If anybody out there has ever done EMDR, it's like one of the best, most effective therapies that there are out there, especially for people that have gone through or lived through trauma. EMDR stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And what it is, it's a form of psychotherapy in which the person being treated is asked to recall a distressing image. And then the therapist then directs the patient in one type of bilateral stimulation, such as side to side eye rapid movement or tapping. And what it does is essentially it takes a sort of disembodied memory that doesn't have a place to go into the storage house of your brain that's sort of just kind of living in this limbo state. And what EMDR is, it gives it a place to go. It reconnects all of the synapses in your brain and it gives it a home, so to speak. And that is my very sort of non-expert explanation for it. But anyway, she gave me this exercise for things like this, right? That may potentially cause a trigger. And so for example, with the comments that might trigger my insecurity as a teacher, right? So this part of me that feels like, who am I to be teaching this? Who am I to be guiding these experiences? Who am I to be in this space, right? So, and that's a really deep, honest place that lives within me. And so, okay, if this is a trigger for that, where can we place that belief so that that's not the place you go where it's, it could potentially have the ability to take me into like a dark place, right? Some of these triggers for us can take us into this, this 
spin, right? This negative cycle. I call it that negative pathology of the mind. We can go into this space really easily. And thank God that for me, it's definitely not, I've not been in that place for a very long time. And I have great support that can put me right back to where I need to be. And it reminds me, okay, I'm not those comments and it's okay. It's not me, it's them. And and maybe I do take some of those comments and restructure something that inspired me to change some way of, of doing something the next time. My therapist taught me to put things in a box. So you put it in the box energetically or mentally, however you want to do it, or you want to write it down. The negative comments, you want to write them down. You want to burn them up. Go for it. That's my favorite. I love burning shit up all the time in a little ritual ceremony. Tessa's nodding her head because she's like, yep, that's always fun. Or you just put it in in a box or you do the opposite, the positive comment box where you create a space or a folder like Tessa said, and you write down all of the positive things that people have said. And if you don't have this, something I recommend, ask five of your friends to say five things about you that are their favorite thing about you. And put them in a box, write them down, put them in a box. And if you're feeling some type of way, open your little box, pull it out and read it out loud or put it in your, in your box, on your desktop, in an email form or however, in a note and open it up and read it, you know? And I feel like those things really counteract that negative spin that we can sometimes put ourselves in. So I really love having those exercises when we're feeling, you know, like we can go into that negative spin. Yeah. Oh, that's such, oh, that's such great tips and tricks. I, you know, I haven't actually tried EMDR yet and I'm curious. So is this something that as you practice it with your therapist, can you, do you now know how to do it to yourself or is it always something that you're able, you need to do with your therapist? No, you can, you can do it from my understanding. It's like tapping, right? So Mm -hmm. like EFT, emotional Mm -hmm. freedom technique, it's like tapping. You can do it. So EMDR, you can do it, you know, yourself just sort of like doing this back and forth. But if there's a trigger for me, I have a bad memory come up or something happens that reminds me of some negative memory. I usually just kind of go left, right, left, right on my legs. I just kind of tap left, right, left, right. And I follow my eyes left, right, left, right. You know, I close my eyes and I kind of just do this. It takes me out. So it's akin to doing opposite leg, opposite arm when we're doing a yoga posture on all fours, right? It causes that neurological reset where it balances the left and right hemisphere of the brain. So that's essentially what it's doing because the mind is off here on this trigger with this memory, thinking about this incident now, where then what you're doing is bringing the brain back to balance left and right, come back into the body, get centered, become aware, bring your prana back. So in my sort of esoteric yogic way of explaining it, that feels a little bit more embodied as opposed to being disembodied where a trigger is going to take you into that visceral reaction of that cellular memory in your body. The EMDR just creates a new pathway where your positive feeling, your positive belief is now attached to the trigger. So it's almost like you're 
did you ever do connect the dots when you were little? Like you do this, oh, yeah. you know, when you, it creates like a cat head or like yes. a little dog face. The visual I have for EMDR is very much like that. Mm-hmm. Like the process is connecting the dots so that instead of just going from zero to a hundred, which is what a trigger does because your body has no way of connecting those dots. The process of the therapy begins to go from one to two to three to four to five to six in this sort of non-linear way. It's very interesting. If you've never tried, you know what we should do is we should have an expert EMDR person on the show. Oh yeah. I would love that. Yeah. Because I think it'd be really great to um, have a professional (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) explain this because I will say again, I am not a doctor. I'm just sort of like a lifelong therapy patient. (laughs) So Tessa's not I'm, I'm right there like, with him. Same Z's. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so yeah, but it's it's a beautiful way. For me, it's been, I'm always looking for new types of therapies, new types of ways of reframing old thought patterns and just going into that self-inquiry. You know, I've said this to you before and everybody here, I love being a student. I love learning and I love to teach the things that I'm learning as well. Mm-hmm. What is the saying? If you want, oh, this is uh, Yogi Bhajan, I believe, said that if you want to learn something, read about it. If you want to know about something, write about it. If you want to master it, teach it. Mm-hmm. And so I always think of that. And well, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to go into Yogi Bhajan's history as a person and all of that. We all know that you know, some of these gurus have not done, not been as integrous as they should be, but that teaching to me stands firm. And it's very true because I love the process of inquiry. And obviously that's why I'm here. And that's why we're all here, right? We all like to be able to learn new things and be in, in a space where we can inquire within and learn more about ourselves. So those of you that are interested, if that type of therapy speaks to you. EMDR, do some searches. Hopefully, I will have Kathy, our show notes gal, put a resource in the show notes. So if you're interested, you can definitely check that out. I would give you guys a link to my therapist, but she's mine. <laughs> and I'm not going to share her. And, and plus, she is not seeing any new people. So, mm-hmm. But I'll ask her to see if there's an expert out there that we can we can interview. I'd love to actually have somebody on the show that can speak to that, especially the closer we get to my book coming out, because I definitely talk about some of the experiences that I had growing up that will make a lot of sense for people. Why I require (laughs) PTSD type of therapy and why I'm here, why I, I chose this, this path. So I think we can end it there. I mean, that's been such a great wisdom Wednesday for me, Tessa. Thank you. Oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. That was really lovely. Can I ask you one final question? Yes. It can be a short answer. I like, so we, you know, I practiced with Rosie for many, many years. And at the end of the class, you would translate often one of the yoga sutras. And I can't remember exactly what number it is, but the yoga sutras are like one little phrase or sentence, a pearl of wisdom. And this was Pratipaksha Bhavanam. And you would say it in a way that was just such a soothing balm to my soul. I loved hearing it. Do you know what I'm talking about? May you remember to 
reframe negativity. Oh, yes. I'm like, like oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I just oh. want to hear you say it. Like, oh, it's been so long. Since oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of my favorite ways to close a class. And so we'll close it together. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's just relax our shoulders wherever we are. Take a big deep breath in. Nice long exhale. Relax the back of your neck, relax your throat, relax the muscles of your face. If it feels appropriate, you can place one hand over your heart and let the other hand stack right on top. A constant reminder that this is my body, this is my breath. May we continue to reframe negativity and choose responses that are helpful and uplifting. Remembering that we are here now. Everything we need is in this moment. May all of our decisions continue to serve our highest good and our highest self. May we learn to reframe negativity and choose responses that are helpful and uplifting. Take a deep breath in. Exhale everything out. Good. Slowly lower your chin and blink your eyes open. Here we are, 2022, guys. Let's get it. Thank you so much for listening to the Radically Loved Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie, on Instagram at Rosie Acosta, and Twitter at Rosie Acosta. By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com.